We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. Myself, Mark Crossfield, Lou Stagner, Scott Fawcett. As always, we're talking this week, strokes gained and the kind of what it means for an amateur to collect strokes gained and then maybe even what it means for them to compare their gains or losses against tour pros, which is kind of, at the moment, is fair to say is the benchmark because obviously that's where the bigger data set is. How important is it that you collect strokes gained numbers and who should you be comparing it to? Lou and Scott, welcome. Hello, Howdy. How are you both? Doing well. Doing well. All good. Do you want me Never. to pluck the next major champion now, or should we wait till later? Because I just plucked. Well, I mean, you're on a heater. Uh, you picked. Think, uh, you wait, picked the I'll winner wait. after the first round. Oh, hey, I picked the winner. Um, you could just stop there. <laughs> it, the the first round of the Masters is April 9th, so we'll get to you on the 10th. Thanks. Yeah, yeah let's do. That. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Should, should, should I open with a quick uh, explanation since I can do it in 30 seconds of what strokes gained is? Just uh, hit it, like it. Yeah. What is yeah, strokes gained? So, so, so if an eight foot putt is 50 50 on the PGA Tour, so it takes one and a half strokes to hole out. Obviously, you, on, on average, obviously, you can't hit the ball one and a half times. So if you make an eight foot putt, you have moved the ball one and a half strokes closer to the hole in one stroke. So you have gained a half a stroke against your expectation from that spot. If you two putt it, you have moved it one and a half closer in two strokes. So you have lost a half a stroke. And then the example just taken out, because we know to the inch, you know, whether the ball is in the fairway, the rough, the bunker, in the fairway from 100 yards on the PGA Tour, it takes 2.8 strokes to hole out on average. So if you hit it from 100 in the fairway to eight feet, you've made it, you've, you've taken it from a spot where it takes 2.8 strokes to hole out and moved it to a spot where it takes 1.5 strokes to hole out. You have moved it 1.3 strokes closer to the hole in one stroke so you in essence gain 0.3 shots on that one it's it's really simple it's really brilliant there are some limitations obviously lou is so good at manipulating the shot link database that he's able to you know to use the 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 elevation coordinates to start really calculating if a chip shot was uphill downhill what the green was doing so there's a lot more we can do to it now than we used to be able to do um, but you know, like all statistics, any statistic in, you know, in and of itself, for the most part, never tells you anything. You need multiple stats and strokes gain does a great job of, of compiling greens and regulation proximity, what kind of lie you had, like it does a really good job of getting pretty close to telling you how good the shot was. Okay. 
I like that. Very concise. Thank you, Scott. So obviously when a normal golfer at home listening to the pod just starts collecting strokes gained, you know, they buy an app or they've got a, a, a watch or a device or whatever they collect their, their numbers on and it starts presenting strokes gained to them. Obviously the romantic... And the, you know, the interesting benchmark is to compare yourself maybe to the people that you're watching play, the people you aspire to or even not aspire to because, you know, they're out of reach. So you still dream of how do you compare to a tour pro? Lou, how useful is it that amateurs use strokes gained and then compare it to which is the biggest and the best database on the PGA Tour, I guess, for benchmarking for strokes gained as we stand at the minute? Obviously, there's other... Um, databases being formed um, how useful is it to an amateur to like you know compare themselves to a tour pro and obviously the, the initial thing is to get upset by what they see what, what are your thoughts <laughs> uh, yeah they will get upset by what they see because tour pros are significantly better than you are um, that yeah. is <laughs> the, that is not arguable and, and um, kind of on that topic I always get a kick out of when I post some stats and how people jump in and, and they say, yeah, well, you know, tour pros are playing courses a little bit harder than I am. So, you know, I should hit my wedges closer than they do overall because I play a course. that's a little bit easier and that's not true. <laughs> like you, you're not going to be anywhere near as good as a tour pro. Um, so don't think that you will. Is but that from some of the college players you work with or who actually thinks that? Oh no. Like just go through one of my tweets and, and, and <laughs> I, I know you don't dive down into the, into the, like, like you can go, I, I'll tweet something out. I might even do it right now as, a, as an experiment. And, and, you know, I'll say three, two, one, go. And within five minutes, I will have someone respond to that tweet and say, yeah, but they're playing courses where the pins are tucked a little bit closer to the edge. It's a little bit harder. Um, yeah, that doesn't that, matter. That, that is yeah. a bit of a valid point. I get, I get no, college players no, all the time. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like a pin being three or four from the edge versus seven or eight from the edge. That does, there's, they still shouldn't be closer, but that does impact it some but what other sport do we compare to to 10 handicap weekend warriors compare themselves to the best literally the best no, no, few all, hundred players in the world all and, i and, was saying is that that logic has some validity it's completely insane that they think yeah. that offsets sure i'm the just logic saying that logic some validity. is correct the logic just, is I mean, correct we, but to compare yourself to one of the best few hundred players in the world is kind of crazy yeah, uh, but yeah. to back to mark's question you know baselining yourself against a tour pro and against tour stats as long as you stick with it i think it's okay um, yeah. you know if if you are losing five shots around off the tee to a pga tour pro um, you uh, and, and you you know go 10 rounds you you know work with your 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 coach on your driver's swing and, and you move from losing five shots to losing four and a half shots, you just got a half shot better. So you can, you know, relative to something you can, you can see if you're getting better or you're getting worse. I mean, it's not ideal, uh, but it also isn't going to hurt you too much. And especially when you keep in, in context, how much better they are than you. Um, and, and you will never approach anywhere near their kind of numbers. The way that I phrase that exact same idea, because people ask me all the time, obviously within the decade app, we have 
benchmarks for top 100 in the Wagger, top 25 college teams, amateur scratch. We got a bunch of different benchmarks. Wa- please, Wagger, please let people know what that is. Wagger, uh, World Amateur Golf Rankings. So thank you. We had. I, I was wondering. <laughs> sorry, we had we had about half of the World Amateur Top 100 tracking our stats in the app at one point. So we created that as a benchmark. But what I always tell people is I just use the PJ tour because it's the, the most robust, as Mark said, it's got the most shots. It's was done with a laser. Like it's pretty darn good. And really when I look of a player improving in order to win, you got to figure out how you're improving against your competition, but in order to just get better at golf, you need to be figuring out if you're improving against yourself. And so sure. if you are yeah. like Mark was saying, if you're negative five strokes gained off the tee or putting or whatever, you're just looking for trends. I mean, that's what we're looking for. And so getting a trend for yourself against the most, you know, robust database is probably the easiest way to do it. I mean, honestly, the only reason we started introducing, well, obviously we did it for the LPGA and Symmetra tour because we needed female benchmarks, but the other ones we created solely because the college golf coaches were getting sick of their players being negative one and one and a half putting and their kids getting mental. I suck at putting. And it's like, well, you're comparing yourself against the best players on the planet. And I, I don't subscribe to the theory that, the, the top putters on the PGA tour wouldn't be near the best putters on the planet. They, I, they would be the best putters on the planet. There's not uh, some mystical band of plus three strokes gained putting 10 handicaps out there. So I just think using the tour benchmarks and looking for trends against yourself is the best way to go about it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think that's the biggest problem, though, and we've talked about this before, is uh, amateurs and, and, um, putting is, is the biggest problem, but you know, that cascades to other parts of the game as well. And, and the reason putting is a big problem is there's a big difference between a putt that is five foot, two inches and, and six foot, two inches. There's a, there's yes. a big difference. And, and, and players are not measuring accurately. They're, they're eyeballing. And like, when you look through the decade stats, surprise, surprise, there's a significant number of putts that are five feet, 10 feet, 15 feet, 20 feet, 25 feet, because people are kind of roughly pacing them off occasionally. um, And and they're just eyeballing it. And they're saying, ah, it's about 25 feet. It might be 22 feet. It might be 28 feet. Those are very, very different from one another. And they just kind of, uh, you know, pick a a random number. Unless 22 versus 18 feet. It's not really, I mean, I tell like 22 versus eight, when you get farther from the hole, it's not, you know, 38 feet versus 39 feet. Eh, who really cares? But five and a half feet versus six. Two inches that matters anything inside of but, about 12 feet really matters, yeah, that matters. like 18 feet is 1.84 on average and 25 feet is 1.93 like that's not even a tenth yeah, of a shot which matters but, yeah, matters but i'm saying that's seven feet when i tell people yeah, when they're a- tracking their stats i tell them just to get it in the right five foot bucket from outside of 15 feet Listen, it you off. should tell them to get one of those laser measuring <laughs> devices <heard> like <laughs> i have and you can measure it down to the 16th of an inch <laughs> that's it's a giant uh, mistake on your part to not be you right. carried in your pocket all day it's like the size of a tiny small cell phone it's yeah that's small yeah i don't carry it in an all day but it's like uh it's like a uh you know it's like a range finder so yeah. when i get to the green i grab it and walk over and i laser my putt and back in the pocket it goes 
Yeah, after Lou said that, I posted a picture. I've got an app that measures, you know, using augmented yeah. reality. And I tested it on my, um, people say they're really inaccurate, which I'm sure they are. I tested it on my putting green to a, you know, a tape measure. And it was on the money from six foot and seven foot. It was just exactly yeah. the same. Um, so I did it on a golf course and put it on my story on Instagram. I think I might even post it on Twitter saying, you know, just make sure you try and like practicing measure the point. What the point I made was practice measuring putts. Like you wouldn't do this in gameplay because it would take forever. But I, I think look at that putt and I say, oh, look, that's five foot. And I measure it and it's six and a half foot. I'm going to think, well, I could practice that and get better. So when I am marking it in my shot scope, I can be a little bit more accurate. Well, you should have just laser Lou. You should have seen the responses. Oh my word! I have not seen hate like that. <laughs> really? Since, oh my word! Like because it would. They thought. I think people thought that I was saying like you should measure every putt that you. What the point wasn't that? The point was, you know, you you might not be very good. You might be calling a nine foot putt which is 12 foot or a 12 foot putt, nine foot putt. So that means that your stats that you're collecting on your, on your apps might be a little wild. So just practice a few to see how good or bad you are. So you can then maybe work on it. If you want to get better at your stats. They, I think they thought, you know, people are, Oh, that'll just take forever. Oh, I, one person said I'm unfollowing. Listen, from somebody that does it all the time, I'm like a wild west gunslinger out there with that thing, and I can pull it out and I can laser it. It takes me about four seconds. Yeah, lock in the number, and I put it back in my pocket. And but it doesn't only affect putting; it also affects where whatever category you know where the ball started from. So if if you had a chip shot and you chipped it to you know six feet four inches and it's really five feet, you're not just impacting your putting numbers, you're also impacting you uh, your your you know around the green numbers, shot. you're making them more inaccurate yeah. and or your approach numbers, wherever you started from. So in a perfect world we'd have a better way and an easier way to get accurate putting distances. Uh, that's the biggest um, downfall of amateurs tracking their stats for sure. I mean, I, I use the putter as a bit of reference for length and the flagstick. I mean, putter's 35 inches long. The flagstick's usually seven, seven and a half feet long. Like you can really use those things and get a pretty good gauge of, again, it really matters inside of about 12 feet. Outside of that, every two or three feet. I mean, obviously it matters, but it's just not that big of a difference. I mean, especially once you get outside of 25 feet. I mean, it takes another ship. It takes another 20 feet to go up a 10th of a stroke. Yeah. I mean, I, I, longer, longer putts, you know, you can be <clears throat> roughly close. Yeah. So um, inside of 10 feet using the putter and then using the flagstick. I mean, I, I just use those as some reference points. And at this point, I mean, again, it takes practice and it takes effort, but the people that are going to try to track their stats are clearly trying to put effort into their game. It, it, it's like carry your little laser thing. Like you've got carry marks, uh, cell phone, use the flag stick. I mean, it's just not that hard to get somewhat yeah. accurate inside of 10 yeah. feet. And that was my point. You could practice. So when you are yeah. in a tournament, you are not calling five footers, three footers and eight footers, 15 footers. Like, you know, we, we, I did a test with Matt, my film with how far is that? Would you be, would, would you say, be uh, allowed to use that measuring device of yours? Um, in a comp, I wouldn't know. I would guess not, but I don't know. 
I'm curious about I, I, that. I, but getting no, maybe someone get, could tell us in the old. I don't play getting, comps, so I don't, Getting the ball in the water when we played the belfry the other day, and we couldn't remember how to drop it. That's how, so I don't know. You can drop fair. it from your butt cheeks. That's <laughs> legitimate. We talked about that. Remember? Get, it's part getting of the back to what I was saying though about <laughs> looking for trends. I mean, even if you are consistently calling your five footers three footers. You're still, that's, I mean, again, we'll assume the, the player is doing it wrong consistently for them. Yeah, so you still can find the trends. That would actually yeah. be a little bit more discouraging going back to the approach play. And obviously you just wind up starting to get some, some bad data across the board, but you still can find the trends. Like stroke gain putting is the most accurate of any of the stats to track on your own. There are a lot of flaws with strokes gain driving, strokes gained approach for a number of reasons. Strokes gain putting, pretty accurate if you do a decent job of tracking the distance i mean that's the whole that's literally the whole reason that that's the only one we track in the foundations version because it's like this is pretty accurate assuming you do a decent job yeah but most people don't i'm yeah. i guarantee you most people don't but so what's so, the alternative it'd i mean be like me with a laser yeah which most people yeah, but again, no, do. You, you, yeah but yeah but i mean right. to me you just it's just another barrier to entry like again obviously yes obviously right. yes do that but most people aren't going to do that. No, I, I completely understand. Uh, I am a very rare bird, and, and not many <laughs> yeah. people are going to are going to do and that. But if you, you wanted to be accurate, but so the reason I'm curious about your measuring device, um, and because I was screenshotting it, I would take it's a picture, on your screenshot phone? it, and then yeah. I would take a next picture screenshot. So you would actually finish with 18 screenshots, or not 18, but you know, because I'm having more than one putt, but. Um, you could screenshot each one basically if you if you wanted to. Interesting. I like so it. So there was a part yeah, of I me mean, that wanted to, I wanted right to measure it. I wanted to measure it, save it, measure and everyone save. So at the end of the day, I've got, you know, 18 or 22 measured numbers, and I know that they were those putts, basically. Yeah, um, you know, all I, of this aside, the you know, potential inaccuracies, all of that aside, um, if you want to get better at golf, it's really important to track your stats without yeah. tracking your stats. You are really going to be guessing for the most part at what areas of the game you really need to improve upon. And I've had plenty of conversations with people that did not track their stats, made the transition to start tracking their stats. And prior to them tracking their stats, they thought they were a great iron player. And then yeah. they started tracking and 10 rounds into it, they realized, wow, I'm not a good iron player. I I'm losing, I'm losing strokes to, you know, my handicap benchmark and I'm in trouble and I need to work on it. So if you really want to work on your game as accurate as possible, it's important to know those numbers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, absolutely. So just a little, um, Scott kind of mentioned it, and I phoned Scott up actually about, a, I don't know, a month or so ago talking about strokes gained off the tee because I've worked, Lou, to try and get somewhere, anywhere near the power levels that I know you reach with ease over the lockdown months. Uh, yeah, and I that's not going to gonna see... happen. 
and I <laughs> and I wanted to see what it did to my driving numbers. And I I phoned um, Scott up and said, "Look, Scott, I'm getting really frustrated. Like I'm always losing to a Tour Pro strokes game driving, um, but I don't like they're going." further and i'm relatively accurate could be more accurate and a point he made which was quite interesting at the time was you know you've got to be very careful um like for instance the time i was measuring was predominantly uk very wet conditions so the ball was literally flying and landing in its pitch mark um i've looked at shot scopes database from driving distances from mumps to drier mumps and it it moves um and i'm comparing it to a database where they're probably getting on average what is it seven eleven yards of roll or something on average i, I might have read uh, somewhere yeah a little bit more than that yeah 14 15 yards or something is it um you know where i'm i've got my last 10 rounds which are relevant to my you know changes uh, uh and my ball's literally plugging every tee shot because we, we're going for a wet period and he was like you know you gotta be careful you're comparing it to a database that isn't relevant to you so there's some there's some pitfalls possibly of people trying to compare just against tour pros rather than like scott saying looking for their um trends more maybe would that be fair to say lou uh yeah and you know it's here somewhere um right in the usga distance insight report as far as bounce and roll goes i wanted to just tackle that one because you asked that question Uh, i believe uh, for shots on the pga tour that hit the fairway um, it is 28 yards, uh, plus or minus three yards is typically what the role is in the PGA tour. Oh, wow. Is that yeah. much? Is it 20? Yeah. Cool. So, wow. and so if you think about it, yeah. yeah, if you think about it and that's for shots that hit the fairway. So yeah. shots that hit the rough, they go a little bit less. So, if, uh, yeah. you know, if you think about typical, um, you know, go to your GC quad world. Um, and yeah. in most players are, I think uh, swing speed is about 114. Launch angle is uh, average launch angles, 10.9. Um, spin is about 2,500, 2,600. You know, if you punch those in or you hit a ball around that on, on your GC quad, it's going to fly 270, 275, roughly somewhere in that range. Um, and the average driving distance on tour is 295. So, the average ball is flying about 275. The average distance is about 295. You know, overall between shots that go in the fairway and in the rough, it's eh, 20, 21 yards roughly between them where fairways a little bit more rough is a little bit less. And then obviously it's very condition dependent. Um, how firm is it? How much wind is there? Is it uphill, downhill, all that stuff? Yeah. So I mean, I definitely go on <laughs> i haven't listened to a word you've said for the last three minutes because i've been getting Are you measuring yeah. on my phone this thing's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable yeah i've been watching you walk around your room it's like great, measuring stuff around your room <laughs> this thing's unre- i mean just because i just bought a new table i know it's 80 inches and did it, it just get it? measured at 79 because i just dropped the wall in my media room i know that it's 15 inches it measured it at 14 one and i'm at the most awkward angle you can possibly imagine for that wall it's like, clever, honestly. Get your shoot. Yeah, I would use that. We, yeah. I've used it on the course, and it was. I used it on my putting green, and I, I measured. I think up to twelve foot was the light, and it was on the money. I mean, it, that was unreal. Was the money. Um, so just back to yeah, yeah, absolutely. Back to my point there. Uh, yeah, Lou, so I you can see how question. that was getting me. So what were y'all talking about? 
<laughs> yeah, me not in it far enough. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you can see how that's was getting me frustrated because I'm comparing it to a database that isn't really relevant to my. Well, situation. yeah, and you know it's and, important. And maybe to... my impatience, sorry, my impatience to not have a big enough data capture as well, because I'm like well, looking at a period of time. I just want to know now, like, are they? Yeah, it's an, it's important to to note that um, the way that they calculate strokes gained for each event, each round. Um, is they they make an adjustment based on what happened that day. So they they take and they look at how you did um, and they look at how the field did compared to the baseline number. Uh, and then they they uh, you know figure out and so to go back to Scott's example that he led off with around eight foot putts, it's about a 50% make rate. It takes about one and a half strokes to get in the hole from eight feet away. Uh, and if you make a putt, you gain a half a shot. If you if you miss that eight footer, you lose a half a shot. Um, if everybody on the PGA tour had nothing but eight footers and every single player made the eight footer that day that, and you missed your eight footer that day, that day, after they did the adjustment, you'd lose a full shot. Um, you yeah. know, it's a really extreme example that would never happen. Uh, but on days where it's, you know, at elevation and it's extremely firm and every tee shot, you know, at Hawaii is running out to 340. Um, the field is going to have crazy numbers, but but when they adjust it based on field performance, it kind of uh, normalizes it a little bit based on the conditions that day. So if you were you know playing in a PGA Tour event on the day where it was really really soft, um, they would end up adjusting those strokes gained, and and it would be you know it would reflect a more accurate number based on conditions. Hopefully, that I agree with what you say that it doesn't happen often, obviously, or, or material. But one time I was catting for Martin Flores in Jackson, and on number eight, he hit, I don't remember what it was exactly, but a 130-yard shot to like 15 feet. And then I was just going through the numbers after the round. And again, making up the numbers, it was like minus 0.4 or something. And I'm like, what? And when I got in and figured it out, it was because two people had holed out. And it wasn't like the hole was in a bowl. It right. wasn't like there was anything interesting. It was like randomly two people happened to knock it in and it totally distorted the numbers. You, yeah, it, it can it can distort the numbers for sure, you know, yeah, depending on conditions. Yeah, absolutely. I was really surprised. Do you, you track your stats, Lou, obviously. I do. I track my obviously stats. You're, you're a bomber. I know you're a bomber. I'm going to put you on the spot here because I'm looking at my strokes gain from my last 10 rounds. Oh, no, I'm not sharing my strokes gain oh, off the tee. What? Not off the tee. Oh, like that's I'm, convenient. No, so my last few, I've been, uh, my last How few very rounds, convenient. I'm striping it right now. I'm striped so excited. So um, against the tour pro, I'm losing 0 0.03 off the tee my last 10 rounds. Really? Yeah. That's good, really man. good. I know. I've been, I found, I found. Like it has to be the course. That's no, not. Cheeky bugger. That's my last 10 rounds. So what's How your ball speed? Are you playing a course that's not got a good, that's not working good against the benchmark. What, what's your ball, what's your ball speed? Oh, uh, you, you can't, you guys just want to, if I ever do anything good, you just want to take it away. Always. I pick What's winners. your ball, is your ball speed, really what is it? Like 145? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's his club head speed. <laughs> Um, I would say I'm gaming 160, 162 at fastest. There's zero chance it's that high. Yeah, and probably zero my ball speed. No, no, your your strokes gained. Yeah, you. So you're probably playing a course that's really firm, and the ball's going a long way, and maybe has wider fairways. Yeah. Has been relative. Well, I, I I'm not. I'm playing the Belfry, which was medium and damp. And oh, the Belfry. That's the one fair. where the tenth hole has the water on it, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Where I hit yeah. it ten foot. So strokes gain that. 
Wait, with your driver? On. Yeah, knocked it on 10 foot. Oh, Strokes gain that. Go on. Yeah. yeah. It's like 100. Now, now you 100 shots. <laughs> Did you make the putt? Yeah. Let me see if my camera can make it to my computer. And then, oh, I can't. And that includes that includes 27 holes around Celtic Manor yesterday. Wait, did you make the, the, did you make the they, putt? Did you I make can't the, tell you because it'll be on a video and I don't want to ruin well, it. Well, the video's not going to come out for, for months. No, it'll come out in a week. It might uh, be I'm, this I'm, weekend. That all right, Scott. You'll have to right, watch. Scott, You'll have to we, watch. <laughs> we will watch, but Scott and I are going to lay down bets on whether or not he made the 10-footer for Eagle. I'm going to say there's absolutely no chance. <laughs> I'm going to agree with no chance. <laughs> I'm saying know. he got super nervous and, and he didn't make it. It has been relatively firm in the last few weeks. At um, So if I go the whole year of 2021, I'm losing 1.34 driving that, on, yeah, on a Yeah, that seems more pro. reasonable. I mean, that's yeah. reasonable that you've been on a 10-round heater yeah. and you had a shot like that that was materially positive. I mean, and my, last my stroke game driving in my app is plus 1.17. And what I can't it? draw it. Plus what? Plus 1.17. Against Tor. Yep. Driver, fair, fairway hit, fairway hit, sixty-five percent. Driver selection, ninety-two point one seven percent. Yeah, send it. <laughs> wow. What's your approach play? My approach play is. Come on, I can't. But Lou is the stat man here, and he's not telling us any of his stats. And he know we know he's looking at the screen with his. My stats strokes gained approach is minus minus point one five. Yeah, that's good. So my approach play is shocking. I, at the moment, I'm minus 2.89, which is my approach play is normally quite strong. My, my, my strokes gain short game is minus 0.32, and my strokes gain putting is minus 0.22. Oh, so I'm gaining short game 0.08. Yeah, like that. No. When you hit much. it as soft as you do, you got to do something good. <laughs> and then my putting, I'm losing 1.28. Oh, we've got a play, Scott. I reckon I could take uh, you. My score right, so is seventy point four seven in those. Say I mean, that again. Good match seventy point four seven in the fifteen rounds I've got entered. Of course, the rounds. Your scoring average. That's my seventy point four seven. Of course, I've got rounds literally going back two and a half years. That's how that's I've played fifteen rounds in the last two plus years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so my strokes gain driving against a tour pro is minus two point seven strokes gained. So that's I find that really interesting. It's about right uh, as a ratio of your total strokes gained, though, isn't it? Is a it's your handicap? I mean um yeah, I mean it's it's what's your yeah, handicap I'm right now? Four point three four point four something like that you're 10 or 11 off of a tour player so that's explaining yeah yeah and so against the five handicapper i'm gaining like four shots so you're you see what i mean i because i yeah yeah so So i go last five rounds against a five handicapper i'm gaining four points five one four and a half shots so you're gaining aren't you what was your i'm losing 2.7 against a tour pro yeah, so you're gaining yeah. against the five handicapper. Yeah. But I'd what's interesting gaining. on that is that you're not gaining against me, but yet you're way further. So I think I'm way further, like wait miles past you. Like I'd have to wait impatiently for you to hit your second shot. <laughs> and it would just be, it'd be, it'd make for a, a long day. At least you could measure you, how far past him you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. And then we can uh, measure who's closest on the next shot. We'll play that. Uh, it won't be me. I'm losing <laughs> six shots um, in approach play against the yeah. Toro. 
I'm losing that's... two point eight, and that's bad for me. I would normally be losing round yeah. one. Is my normal approach. There we go. Um, so, I mean, let's just take it back. We've so derailed this to just talk about ourselves. Maybe we should just do a podcast about how we're all playing every week. Oh, I've been playing Literally, good, by man. The time, I'm playing by good. The time, I'm hoping that that tournament that I won, that Texas Golf Association event that I won in November of last year is the last time I played golf. And I'm hoping after this second surgery that I can – play by the time of that i i literally think i will go 12 consecutive months without hitting a ball outdoors and i will play that tournament will be my back-to-back rounds you'll struggle Uh, i've i've got good experience of indoor to outdoor golf because i've done a lot of indoor practice with not much outdoor when i was teaching and it's it doesn't work i bought this time for this simulator we really are derailing but i bought for this simulator that i'm putting together this wedge it's a 10 degree wedge solely for that reason because i definitely have realized whenever i don't play out you know i just hit balls indoors i I really struggle with that and so i've got this wedge just to be able to and it's pretty cool i mean i'll give the guy credit he didn't the 50 anyone listening at home it's it's a birdie ball wedge the 10 degree is amazing do not buy the 15 degree the ball will not sit still on it and the guy told me he's like well just set it on a washer i'm like and just hit a washer with my clubs like yeah yeah. i give him credit he sent me the 10 degree and it's amazing but it's like a perfect like a like a piece of cake at yeah. 10 degrees and so you can move it to where you're downhill uphill quartering ball above your feet and downhill like it's really versatile it's pretty it's pretty awesome like i'm definitely excited to uh to hit balls off of it yeah it's an interesting one indoors or outdoors i'll be interested to see how you go it's a hard substitute it really is because oh, yeah. i'm sure you are the same on your sim you, i mean i can just get into a rhythm where i'm just oh. literally flagging everything and i kind of think well am i actually doing anything anymore yeah when do we send um, school applications in yeah exactly exactly um just to go back to another point on the actual subject gentlemen before we start talking about ourselves again um you mentioned about um a little i'm I'm not defending what they say lou just about people you know saying that they play on different courses and the pins are more tucked and things like that we played the the celtic manor literally on monday and tuesday this week the sunday the european tour event finished there on the sunday so we went and played it it was all set up the same way on the monday um and the pins uh, did you guys ever watch the Ryder cup at celtic manor basically it's a course with lots of water on it you know, oh, lots sure. of big yeah. drop-offs yeah. you know it's you hit the green or death it's not a friendly course if you don't know your shot shapes you know you'll be splashing the ball constantly um and the pins were in places where you know i, I just couldn't really get close to them it was it was crazy to go anywhere near those pins like more and i've played that course about four times now and on a standard weekday you know there's the odd funny one but generally you can hit it closer and i look at my approach play numbers for that day which my approach play was okay um but it was lower because the pins were in some i mean i've played i've played that course a number of times they were in some crazy positions um so i do think there are some holes when you are comparing to that tall pro database which people should be careful of uh, the other thing that they need to be careful of which i notice as well is when you look at the scoring average for different handicaps um they're generally one and a half shots over on average their handicap i don't think people realize they don't shoot their handicap which no, i think it's when they look um, i think at... it's three shots is what it what so it when is they... so if yeah, you're well, a, well, if you're a five 10 was handi- one and a half five was one and a half i think mm, one it's, it's it's about three shots through the you know, through from from what I what I've read and what I've seen, so a ten handicap um, would average on a you know a, a 
par 72, 72-ish rating right around there. So if they were getting 10 strokes, they'd average 13 strokes over par, uh, which yeah. would be an 85. And, and a five so, would average about 80. So Yeah. So that then does make strokes gained very, very challenging if people think they should be playing. Like instantly, if they think they should be playing – you know, to their handicap, instantly they're going to be behind, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, the they think they're are... averaging a five handicap every, you know, if they, they, and that's a common belief. You know, we do videos and people are constantly commenting. I call it YouTube handicaps. These guys aren't pros because they <laughs> shoot like four over on a, you know, a 7,200 yard course where we've flown all day. We don't practice and that would have it kind of buffer zone of any old handicap system it's not called that anymore well, well um, just to be clear the only reason that i wanted to point out that the when people talk about the proximity on shots having some merit is there's another stats program out there that has this feature where it you, you've got like a slider bar where you can say my proximity i'm going to take it from 30 to 25 and then it implies here's what your scoring average will do and i get college players all the time that are like my proximity is the same as a tour player and i'm like you have about a six foot ish on average based on my experience buffer because the pin is closer to the middle of the green like you better have at least the same proximity as them and then the challenge with some of those stats portals when they make a few logical mistakes in my opinion is that 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 feature you know kind of tantalizes people into getting more aggressive because it's like well if i get my proximity down then i'm going to shoot lower scores and again where you can't take stats in isolation your scores will go down assuming you don't destroy your greens and regulation but i can assure you you can you can you can drop your proximity five or eight feet and hit five percent fewer greens and and shoot higher of hundred percent and so it's really you've got to really understand what you're getting with certain programs and make sure that it's not making those kind of you know mistakes yeah yeah absolutely i mean ultimately and we'll go that way at some point i mean the best benchmarking would be to, to do it against your handicap bracket would it not that's what we if that data was good enough that's really i want to know if i'm a five handicapper if i'm gaining on a five handicapper or i'm gaining on a two handicapper i but want to know what improve, i need to do really to gain, gain against on yourself i mean say that again sorry but again to, to to improve you're really just trying to gain against yourself so you're just looking for trends it, yeah, again like I like we do in the, in the decade app with having the comparative analysis where you are comparing your your actual statistics against whatever your peer group you selected is so you know uh, a scoring average on a par three for a, a 70 average is like 3.06 so we tell you you know if you're at 3.25 we tell you how far you are off in in, in improving those numbers um but ultimately, you're still just trying to gain against yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There we go. So, Lou, we found your stats in the end. Interesting that you finally dug them out. I'm pleased you shared them with us. Yeah, I got a little little work I to thought, do. But, man, I thought, I've been, I think we should end this podcast with me going shot by shot through my round the other day and telling you how good <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> I mean, I everybody wants to hear that right <laughs> when you Every. do your stats lou do you do i guess you might be able to do it in your head just out of interest do you you plot your round out and then it delivers your stat numbers do you then re-plot like if i'd have done that if i'd have done that to see the differences or not 
No, I, I don't do that. Does that no, make sense? I mean, what I'm no, saying? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? If, so I, let's, if I would have hit it closer if, to the if, hole, if I would have had a better had been number. Better, what would you have shot different? I'm, I'm assuming if, if you had not hit this shot. Every and, round any good player's ever played, surely you thought, cool, if I'd have just carried that bunker like I normally would, if I'd have just yeah. held that two footer, if I'd have hit that, I missed that fairway by two yards and had no lie. Like that's an outlier. Like rough, that's not like in the UK, we have patchy rough, you know, because. Right. And then you you miss the fairway by a yard, and you can only move it fifty. Where anywhere else in that position, you'd have been able to hit the green at one eighty. Um, so there'd be situations where you might think like that's going to really skew the number. I want to know. Obviously, I'm going to put my data in and see what it is, but I also want to know what would it have been if I hadn't have caught that lie. Like I want to know for yeah. Like, I mean, should I, I be changing because I've not really hit a bad t-shirt. I, like I don't really don't do, do that. that. Obviously, I don't do that because you get bounces that go the other way, and and you're most people aren't going to consider that. You know, you get yeah. bounces that are you know the bank makes error in your favor, and, and you, you're not gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not going to count those. So no, I I don't look at that, but. I say we start on the first hole and we just go shot by shot and, I, <laughs> and I'll tell you where the opportunities were to get better. You told me in a text you been striving it. That's awesome. Have yeah. your score, have you been shooting some pretty good scores lately? Uh, yeah, this was a, was a 72. So I was just saying you shot par. That's right. Yeah. Really well. Uh, no, was it was two par? over. It was on a par 70. Right. Um, so but I played, what length I course? played phenomenal. 6,500. So 6,500 par 70. Quite so, short course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's on the short, but that was the tips. So when I, play, when I play a golf course, I'm playing the tips because I want to get my money's worth. So, You're a tips guy, aren't you? Yeah. yeah was it dry, dry with a bit of roll? On that uh, no, it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty normal. I mean, it wasn't pretty, excessive pretty dry, roll. It, run. No, it wasn't a whole lot of run, but it, wasn't, big, it big didn't bounces. hit and stick. No, not big bounces. <laughs> It's just a I'm, lot easier to play the course as the architect intended when you're playing it from the backs because otherwise dog legs are in weird spots. So it's just a way to yeah. really understand the intention. Yeah. So what was what made you shoot level par? Was it everything good or was there a, something like your approach play was just on the money? What was well, the big... My putting, which is normally really good, was so off. It was so bad that day. But my uh, off the tee um, and my approach play was phenomenal. Um, 15 greens, um, phenomenal. What's just, your average greens normally? Uh, two, <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> what, what is it really? What do you normally hit? Like six, uh, not seven, that eight? many. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 15 I'm hitting, on the money, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 15 was, yeah, hitting it on the button all day, which I mean, is great really, for me. Is like eight or 10 greens, seven, yeah, eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm like eight, a little bit over yeah. eight. Yeah, yeah, roughly right around there. Um, so you like, said, have you done the classic good player? You've dropped your stats package there with your putting because if you've hit fifteen greens, you're not hitting it closer than ten foot. So are you giving it the oh, I've not old anything. Oh no, no, no I, I missed. You... I lost. Um, um, I lost. I, I normally gain gain strokes putting, um, and I lost a lot of strokes that day. I missed a. I missed four putts inside of four and a half feet. Um, so were so, they three putts or were you hitting Have you ever shot in the six? Yeah, I shot 67. I've shot, I've broken okay. 70 probably 30 times, 35 okay. times. Yeah. So oh, when I get flexing. going low, even now, occasionally when I get it go, going, I don't get nervous about it because I've, I've done it plenty of times. Yeah. Um, Been there. Been so, there, but it. I've never been there like you guys, so I'm nowhere close to you guys. But you know, I've I've shot decent scores before on 5,800 yard courses. I mean, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just quickly, then those four footers. Were you hitting it that close, or were they three putts? Um, a couple of them were. Two of them were three putts. 
uh, and one of them was on, um, or two of them were on greens that I missed. So I chipped it, you know, good chips and, and just missed short butts. Um, what could have been, eh? What could have been? Yeah, what could have been? So I still but, think we should go through each shot to talk about what could have been. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> loves to hear other golfers' rounds. You can just leave this thing running. We'll see if anybody actually makes it. Nobody's going to listen. I'm out, but yeah, you guys are both out. There we go. Thanks everybody for listening. Let us know if any of that helped because it kind of turned into a ramble. But um, I think the biggest thing there is the trends that you're looking for in your strokes gains is the pattern, isn't it? That uh, Lou and Scott were saying. Um, and definitely as Lou has said before and he said it again I totally agree if you're not collecting stats then you're kind of just guessing so definitely get out there and collect some stats and see how they can help transform your golf game thanks for listening we'll turn this pod off and probably now have to listen to Lou go through his complete round five <laughs>